All right, so we just got to come clean. We didn't even try and make a track this week. This week was a wash completely. Completely a wash. Uh, it didn't even cross my mind, if I'm completely honest. I, there was so much other stuff going on in the track that just, you know. Again, probably you guys have developed a habit at this point if you're listening to the show or watching the show on YouTube. Just just hum something in your head. Right. You know, be, be a part of the show. You have your own theme song, you know. You're all creative here, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone's just a pretty little, unique little snowflake in their theme song uh, of choice. Nailed it. <laughs> What's up, How's man? How's it going, buddy? Hey. Yeah. I think I asked you that first, but because of the lag, the delay between our two situations, um, I'm going to let you answer first. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'm proud to announce we finally closed the chapter that is my fence. Uh, for those following along at home. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we got it built. Morgan and I finished it. So I know that has nothing to do with anything the listeners are interested in, but for me, it's a great accomplishment. I think the people are interested in that because they're interested in you. And that's a, that's been a, a huge story in your life for the past Man, month or so. What? Like over a month. Yeah. It's taken a month to build a fence. Like, and, and here's God. the deal, people like I've been to his house. I've seen the, the backyard. It's not a small fence. It's. It's a lot of fence. It's a big fence. Big fence. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but apart from that, just been kind of hanging out. Just uh, this week was, this was one of those weeks. And like, since COVID happened, and I'm sure you're the same way, you like, you wake up on Monday and then you like look at your phone and then it's already Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this week felt like that. And so, like, I can't even remember what happened until basically yesterday. So. Yeah. But what about you? What did you get into this week? <laughs> uh, well, we, uh, my, my wife and I got sucked into the, the election on Tuesday. Um, of course. This is not a political podcast. We're not talking politics. I, I keep politics out of my channel. We keep politics out of the, uh, out of the podcast here because we all feel, I feel, Zach feels that... There's plenty of other places out there in the world that you can go to hash out your political ideas. We want to create a sort of safe space for people, no matter your political persuasion, race, color, religion, orientation, whatever. Uh, you can come here and we can hang out and talk about guitars and not have to deal with any of that other bullshit. Um, that being That's said, it. this was a hell of a week for that. Yeah. And the the mistake that I made was getting too sucked in and too invested on Tuesday, the election day, and then I had we had to just see it through. So the whole right. thing just dominated our week to the detriment of pretty much everything else. I wasn't able to get much work done. Well, that's not true. I got a lot of stuff done, but yeah, it was just it was a stressful week. Uh, and then constantly dealing with that, like, oh, I'm not getting enough done. The videos I made aren't doing well quick i gotta get more stuff done it, it's just a you know you know how it is oh yeah yeah thing. man uh, it's, other than that sorry go ahead. i was just, i was just gonna say like it's incredible how quickly uh when you are self-employed you can snowball <laughs> yes like that um we did get the band together yesterday though so our next live show backstage live is november 21st two weeks from saturday this past saturday we've got a hell of a set put together Nice. We're doing a uh, tribute to Chess Records. Um, oh. Yeah, so Chess Records was a label, if you don't know, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And, and a lot of our favorite bands were directly inspired by and influenced by artists on Chess Records. So right. we're going to do that. We're also working on uh, our first original track, our first original tune as a band. The right. goal is to have our first single released the day of our last live show for the year, which will be December 20, whatever the Saturday is before Christmas. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, is, is it going to be a Christmas song? <laughs> yeah. We're doing, um, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, but no, like if, 
an original it, it, Christmas song. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that if the Black Keys did it. Um, you know, so it's like if Black Keys and Jack White collaborated on Chestnuts Roasting on Open Fire, that's what we're doing. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> well, awesome. I uh Oh wait, we need to uh we need to shout out Discord chat. Everyone hanging out here. Um, if you want to join in our Discord while we're recording live, you can do that by signing up for our Patreon page linked down below. It's $2 a month. You can't afford not to sign up at that price. I mean, come on. Uh, and what that gets you is the ability to sign in like um, these fine people here who are chatting with us and, and a part of the show while we're recording. So, yeah. Exactly. And uh, we forgot to mention this is episode 11. Oh, yeah. We're not good at intros. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I um uh, so unrelated to everything else we're going to talk about but something that that happened to me this week that I found interesting and I wanted to bring up with you cuz I haven't told you about this is I saw uh on Craigslist there's a swap meet today so I'm probably not going to make it. But the guy says he has a low serial number original Klon and I was like, "Huh. I wonder what he's asking for this original Klon." So I emailed him, and it's reasonable, ah. and it it makes me want to buy it. What? Wait, what is reasonable? Uh, thirty three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Zach! Come on, man. What did you buy yours for a year ago? Fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> but okay, hold on. So, uh, I looked. And the last, it, it's a gold one. It's serial number like 576. Like it's a crazy low. I mean, out of 8,000. It's a 94, I think. Right. Um, so that's that's pretty wild. But the last gold one that sold on eBay sold for four grand. And then every one that's for, for like, I mean, I know that what things are priced at is not reflective of what they will sell for. Right. But they're all over $5,000 now for a gold clone. Like, Oh my God. But I thought $3,300, maybe I could talk him down to three. And then I told Morgan and she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> well, that was about to ask. So I know Morgan is like Tilly and she's really cool when it comes to stuff like that. You know, yes. with, with Tilly, I can pretty much just say like, if I want to buy something, I can pretty much just go to Tilly and say, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. And she's cool with it. And I know Morgan's a lot like that too, but <laughs> there's a limit. On, yeah, there's a limit when, yeah, when reasonable is thirty three hundred bucks. Well, I mean, you know, I I feel like it's a good investment, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. You're probably right. I just this is why I'm not a collector. I just see that and think, no, they're like for what it is and what it does. And what it was priced at 13 months ago. Like, no. <sighs> I, I know. I know. I know. But I but still want hey, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Whatever blows your skirt up, you know, that's uh, whatever. That's that's your thing. That's so um, speaking of. Uh, actually, that segue is not going to work. So, <laughs> Blowing your skirt up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> speaking of a heist or speaking of. So, anyway, never mind. <clears throat> The Great Guitar Heist of 2020. We should talk about this because this is actually yes. pretty crazy. Tell, tell the people what happened. So, um, like many of you know, Gibson Custom Shop released a replica, uh, both an aged and an unaged version of Adam Jones' Silver Burst, which is what a 79. 79. Silver Burst Les Paul. Uh, Adam Jones, the guitar player for Tool. And so the story goes, a pallet of guitars was stolen from a trailer when it was, I guess, parked at a rest stop, but the pallet yeah, was... a travel center rest stop, yeah. Yeah, but the pallet was not at the end of the truck. It was like in the truck, and a whole pallet of guitars got pilfered. They were all destined for Sweetwater, I believe. There's yes. 13 of them, I uh -huh. say. 93,000-ish dollars worth of guitar. All of them were already sold. 
Because guitars like that, I mean, Gibson has had a, a lot of success. They did the Monkey SG, the Iomi Monkey SG. Yeah. This this um, these Adam Jones the, the thing, and, and on the guitar itself, I I did see the prototype, and dude, I mean, they did it right. Like it is, it, identical. To, they they look legit. They really do. Yeah. They got the piss burst right. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, those silver bursts are colloquially named. Uh, piss burst because the lacquer top coat that was over the silver ages and it turns a sort of brownish yellow that looks awful yeah (laughs) but you know and and they they did do a gold burst like that there are yeah uh and sometimes when you see those because i've seen some silver bursts where the nitro is so yellowed that it you could mistake it for gold but yeah that one in particular is a very unpleasant color in the center of the burst (laughs) yeah not a great looking guitar um by, by any stretch of the imagination but like they even got the mirror on the headstock on yeah. adam's guitar like they got that right they got i mean they really killed it but my point is that like they're charging big money for these guitars um right how, how do you know how much one would would go for well i mean if it's like ninety thousand dollars worth and it was only 13 guitars i mean you're looking in the the range of what eight to ten k or so you know yeah gotta be something um, like that but uh, isn't it funny all the guitars with the mirrors? We had the Jimmy Page uh, telly that came with all the mirrors, and like now we have this. Right. It's like I see a new trend. Sid Barrett, Sid Barrett did that too. Uh-huh. Like, what was what was the people sticking mirrors on shit? I don't know. It was this high. <laughs> um, so this interesting man. Like, okay, I this had to have been an inside job because they they went for the one pallet in the truck. They knew where the truck was going to be. They knew what was on the truck. They knew where it was on the truck and what to look for. Um, so the other thing that's that's surprising to me is like, why would you why would why would you go for something that's so unique and so low numbers? I mean, obviously, Sweetwater Gibson, everyone has the serial numbers on these things. They're incredibly well documented. Yeah. So I don't know how how you plan on offloading that stuff. Yeah, that's that's a, a stupid move by a thief. But I just want to clarify something because I have unloaded stuff from trailers uh, before, and if you've never been in the the container of like a eighteen wheeler or whatever, when that's fully loaded with pallets, like I think people think, oh, it's just there's like one or two in there. No, that whole truck is full. So you have to get a pallet jack. And like move stuff around to get mm-hmm. access to stuff. So you like like you said, they had to know exactly where it was. And furthermore, how the hell did they get it out of there? Did they have like a forklift, or like did they just like cut the bu- the um, the wrap and like offload the guitars? Like that's something that because that would that, take that, so that, much that, time. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, chivalry in the chat saying six thousand for the the VOS and ten thousand for the aged and signed version. Okay. So not not cheap guitars. Actually, not as expensive as I thought they would be, though. To be honest, yeah. Um, I mean, well, ten thousand for <laughs> that's Is that three thousand for a Klon, ten thousand for. A... <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Okay, <laughs> take that back. Um, everyone in the comments, please relax. Uh, but I, my my thought is, um, I mean, they're definitely going to offload them. They're going to try to. I, I think they're going to get caught, though. Somebody somewhere is going to come up with one. They're going to know what it is. And especially now, it's kind of spreading through the online guitar community. People know to look for these things. From what I understand, Reverb has been alerted. They're looking. Sweetwater's got stuff going on. I mean, w- when it's this much money in inventory that went missing, like they're going to find it. Whenever, like, I mean, just in Nashville. Like whenever you hear of a guitar getting stolen, literally every store is put on alert, you know, and it can be for a $500 guitar, you know, a $500,000 guitar. Like everyone is notified to keep their eyes peeled. And with this, that has like been such news, I don't see how they're going to get away from it, you know, like, or get away with it rather, because the world knows these guitars are stolen. And and so furthermore, people that are going to buy them are going to be hesitant. Is this a stolen guitar? Because you know what? If it is, 
it could get taken from you and you might just yeah. be SOL. I know that's, that's really scary. I mean, but the other side of that, do you think that will drive up value when like, let's say one gets recovered <laughs> and, if, and it goes to the owner <laughs> and then the owner decides to sell it off. It's like, Oh, well this was one of the, the Sweetwater heist guitars. You think that adds something to the story? I mean, it is a kind of cool story, yeah, you know, but I don't, maybe not. I don't know. I feel like the age of um, Gibson guitars really skyrocketing in value after release has kind of stopped, and I don't know if. I mean, it might add a little. It might. I mean, these guitars undoubtedly are going to hold their value, especially the the signed ones. But you know, those like the 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 Pearly Gates, Les Paul, the like Collector's Choice Number One, the um, greeny like those guitars are bananas money uh right i feel like that is is pretty much going to be over so it might add a little bit of value but i don't think we're going to see the return that some of the guitars i've built in the past have have started to get over the last couple years i don't know man i don't think i don't think it's over i I think i think the monkey sgs somebody look up what a monkey sg is going for now because they they stopped you know they did their run of them they sold all of them so I think I and and I think these Adam Jones specifically the signed ones I think they're going to be worth something. What what makes you think that they're that that age of big money Gibsons are uh, are over? Well, I don't I don't necessarily think it's over entirely, but I don't think an Adam Jones Les Paul is going to have the appeal of like the Jimmy Page like a Jimmy Page replica or something or the you know, I don't, I don't know if they've ever done a page i mean i know they've made jimmy page models but um but like you know the peter green guitar um like that appeals to a really wide audience and arguably is a much more famous guitar so i just think Mm -hmm. you know you know what i mean like i don't know if the adam jones guitar is gonna reach the heights that some of the guitars they made in the past will reach but i I, it's just a feeling in my chat chat saying 20 to 22,000 for a monkey SG on reverb. There's two or three that are over 30,000. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, well, man. But I, I think, but what they're priced at is not what they're selling for, you know. True, but so if you look at like the PRS, the uh, Super Eagle, right? John Mayer, Super Eagle. I think I've talked about this on the show before. Right. Um, Righteous Guitars near me, they're like one of the biggest PRS dealers in the nation, and they got. Because they're a preferred dealer, I don't know exactly how many they got, but they got a handful. Right. Obviously, pre-sold all of them. Apparently, one one customer there bought. He ended up buying, I believe, three, and bought the first one. Waited for the first run to go out. I believe those guitars were what ten thousand from from PRS. Eleven thousand, yeah, I think. Yeah, bought it for eleven, sold it pretty much right after the first run stopped for I want to say like 17 or 18. Bought one of the second run street price 11,000, sold that one for 20. And then I think ended up buying a third one to keep. Hmm. I think there is that thing of like when when you know that there's going to be a limited number, it's a super premium thing, especially if it's got an artist's name on it or a band's name on it. People who are who have the means will pay whatever they want, yeah, whatever they can to get their hands on the thing. And with Tool, I think Tool has a massive following. You know, yeah, Tool but, fans are diehard people. Yeah, but relative to Black Sabbath or, uh, you know, I don't know, man, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, you know, I, uh, well, I mean, maybe. I, I th- yeah, I think Tool's up there. I think I think the the Adam Jones. We should revisit this in a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I think we should revisit and see what these Adam Jones Les Pauls end up going for. Um, I think they're going to be stupid money. I, they very well may be, but it's just crazy. I mean, the whole <laughs> the whole thing is crazy to me. Like when you see, yeah. and, and this is kind of diverging from the original point of conversation, but like when you look at what these guitars can go for used, New guitars, relatively speaking, you know, newer guitars. You could buy, because like a, a Pearly Gates that's aged and signed, they're like 20 to 30K. Yeah. 
crazy. Uh, just a normal VOS one's 9K. Easy, easy, easy. Right. But for twenty to $30,000, you could get into a 54 Les Paul. Right. Which is undeniably well, that's the thing, dude. a better guitar. None of these guitars are going to, like, real working players. No, no working guitar player I know, if they're going to spend 30K on something... It's not going to be some collector's choice, VOS, aged and signed situation. If you're going to spend 30 grand on something, most of the time it's, it's somebody who's an artist. It's someone like, a, you know, a Jason Isbell or somebody like that. And they're yeah. looking for a, a vintage thing. They're looking for a specific, they're looking for a gold top or blackguard or, or whatever, you know. And to me, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. The, I think the clientele, the people that are buying these guitars are the uber rich, wealthy. This is a fun little hobby kind of side thing for them. And so it's probably, you know, not everybody, but yeah, it's, it's something like, oh yeah, okay, 20 grand to 30 grand. I'm a, I'm a ZZ top fan. I'm, I love Billy Gibbons. This will be cool to have in my summer home. It's like <sighs> a conversation piece and I'll, you know, fuck around and play some blues licks on it every yeah. now and then. I, that to me is, I think most of the people that are that are buying these guitars. I do think there are a handful of people out there that are like like with the Adam Jones thing or the the Iomi thing. There's probably players out there that are just massive Tony Iomi fans, which I totally get. Yeah. And this is like their dream to have his guitar and and a Laney, you know, LA one hundred BL and like the whole thing. From my perspective, I just don't really I don't really get it. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, when I saw uh the pearly gates that that came into carter right before i got mine uh refinished i freaked out like when it first came in because it looked good you know it looked right um and i had that i felt that that feeling in my gut it's like i need to make this happen you know obviously i didn't because ultimately my r9 was a better guitar but Mm -hmm. You know, even now in the back of my head, it's like, I don't really want any more Gibsons, but if one of those came up for the right price, because I love Billy and like that band so much, I want it. And so I'm in the, I'm in that camp of like the desirability outweighs the practicality of it all, you know, but I didn't want to, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm going through my head right now and I'm thinking about my favorite guitar players like if fender did a david gilmore aged and signed black strat they did yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't do it for me oh if yeah like when and i'm a, I, I love john mayer but when they did the 83 you know john cruz master built black one strats it was like Oh, all right. I'm to me. I think it's just a different. Like, I'm not interested in playing someone else's guitar. Sure, you know what I mean. Like, I I think I have a John Mayer Strat, and it's one of the you know normal ones. Like the, it's a great guitar, yeah. and that's actually probably in terms of investment pieces, that's probably the best investment I ever made. I bought it for eighteen hundred bucks in two thousand twelve, and they're probably worth they're worth like four or five now. Yeah, but well, that guitar. Yeah just looks like a black strat with gold hardware if you didn't know yeah it's to me it's the best it it's the best strat color combination you can have it's it's piano black the mint guard gold hardware and it has the uh pearl srv tuners yeah i will that's the best looking strat i think i will say of all the strats i've ever played including vintage the black one because i have a buddy that's got one it's it's one of the best strats I've ever touched. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, like he's got the John Cruz and John actually, yeah. John Mayer actually signed the back of the headstock again. Uh, right, like crazy, but what a guitar! But I was gonna say, going back to the original topic a little bit, um, stolen guitars, buying stolen guitars, dealing with stolen guitars, seeing things you might think are stolen, is Something that I don't really hear a lot of people talking about, but I feel like we kind of should talk about it because I, having worked in retail, dealt with that. Uh, right. Not very often, 
maybe every month or a couple months, you'd see something came in that felt hinky. But uh, have you ever dealt with someone trying to sell you a stolen guitar or like seen someone selling something that seems fraudulent? Mm -mm. Well, you know, whenever that happens, and you do catch it sometimes on Craigslist, you'll see things that are either a scam where it's like, you know, Gibson Custom Shop Les Paul for $500. Right. So that's either a Chinese copy or someone just trying to get you to Venmo or whatever, send them a check or something, and it, they will never send you a guitar. Uh, you, you do see that online. But in retail, we would have people that would come in trying to sell stuff, and the feeling, there was, there was like a palpable tension when they came into the store where they had something they're like yeah i just need to i just need to just get sell this guitar uh yeah you know it was it was my friends that gave it to me or something they always have like a really long <laughs> winded yeah, story right. and like the, the what we always did in retail and if if any anybody listening works in retail i'd, I'd love to hear the stories about how they dealt with um probable theft is you keep them at the store as long as possible because the longer they're there, the more they start to sweat and the more they start to get worried. Normal customers usually get annoyed. Yeah, sure. If they're yeah. there for like an hour and you got to take apart their guitar to like look at it, make sure everything's straight. But people that are needing money, they start trying to get whatever they can get. You know, they bring in a thousand dollar guitar and they'll say, well, can you give me 500 for it? Can you give me 200 for it? Um, I just feel like if you're ever in a situation where you see that happening, just call the authorities. You know, don't call 911, but have the police come and if you if you're in a retail space and just say, "Hey, you know, I have a bad feeling about this cuz could you come here while we confront this person?" because I've been in situations where that happens and there's not a police officer there and it is it gets heated and it get, it gets it's kind of scary. So you always kind of yeah. want to have that, but um, just be aware of it. Like sometimes good deals are too good to be true and you may be buying something that was stolen from somebody. Mm. You know, That's fascinating, man. I, I used to work retail, but I, it wasn't in a space where we were dealing with like used stuff. Right. right. So we didn't have to deal with any of that. But, um, and I've admittedly not done very many like Craigslist deals when it comes to guitars and stuff. Just because I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't like Craigslist. I don't like eBay. I don't I don't like that whole process. Um but that's that it totally makes sense, right? If somebody comes in and, and, and they have it's it's one of those things, man, like trust your gut. Yeah. If if your intuition's telling you like something's fishy here, something's not feeling right, then something's probably not right. One hundred percent. Yeah. But I think I think these guitars will come up. It, it's they're so unique. Everyone's documented. They're all insured too. I mean, they had to have been. I'm sure oh, Gibson yeah. didn't let them leave their their factory without, or Sweetwater probably. Actually, probably Sweetwater has insurance on it. But um, yeah, it's gonna be fascinating, man. When these things start to pop up, um, it's gonna be cool. To see what happens. Yeah, I mean, not cool. Cool is not the right word. It's gonna be. <laughs> be interesting to see what happens well it's one of those things it's like anything you would do to kind of cover your tracks like like uh -huh. let's say you scratched off the serial number or something like no one's gonna buy that level of guitar with a i mean right. that's something that you might get locally where somebody's you know it like goes to like a swap meet like i was talking about and they have something and you know some jack leg might say yeah i'll give you a thousand dollars for it you know but right I just don't understand how they can just get away with this. So we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch. I'm sure it's gonna take months before this is all yeah. resolved. But very interesting. Yeah, because there's 13 of them. I think that has to come up. You know, so fascinating. Well, I think this this leads into the next topic here, which is buying. We were talking about this earlier. Buying gear. Yeah. Um, and buying expensive expensive gear. And and Dan was here in the chat, and he was saying. Let's see here. I don't like when collectors get mocked. Personally, I get joy from owning good gear, even if I can't make good use of it. Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. We all take 
different things to his hobby. Completely agree. And I, I hope I didn't mean to sound, I hope I didn't sound like I was mocking people that buy these, these collector instruments, these uh, sort of like commemorative instruments. Totally cool with that. I, I'm saying for me, that's not what I would typically go for. I'm not interested in playing a clone of someone else's guitar, even though I have a Mayer Strat. Right. But, you know, well, it's whatever. Most of this podcast is us talking out of both sides of our mouths. Right. Well, I, th- <laughs> but I think, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, my original thought uh, was like so often we get kind of gun shy about actually spending the money on the things we, we want. And usually when you do that, you kind of, you take baby steps towards it, but really you're just putting yourself further away from the goal of actually attaining the thing you want. Um, yeah. So I feel that so often people try to cut corners to reach their goals as, I mean, just as a guitar player. And this is something that people, it doesn't necessarily mean like you want an R9 and like you have to buy an Epiphone first. Yeah, sure. If you can't afford that, that's an expensive guitar and you got to really work hard to get it. But I see people that say, I want an American Strat, but I want a Strat right now. So I'm just going to buy a cheap Squire for the time being. And then they'll make another small move, incremental moves, but they never get back the return. You, you know, the return never, like you never get back the money you invest in these things. Right. Um, so the thing I wanted to talk to you to, to you about was how important it is, at least in my opinion, that instead of wasting time and money and energy buying things that are just barely scratching the itch, just save and work really hard until you can get the thing you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much to unpack here. Um, I completely agree. If, if you have your mind set, and we should point out too, that there's nothing wrong with like, with buying a Squire or an Epiphone. No. I think, I think you can, you can absolutely get a great guitar that is a Squire or an Epiphone. You can get great sounds out of a guitar that is a Squire or an Epiphone. We, neither one of us are saying that like, in order to have good tone or in order to be a good player or any of this stuff or any of this sort of gatekeeping kind of thing that happens so much in the online guitar world that drives me crazy. That's not at all what we're saying. No. Um, I bring up Jack Pearson all the time. Like so many other people do. Jack Pearson's one of the best guitar players around today. He has some of the best guitar tone I've ever heard and he's known for playing Squire Strats. Okay. So just get that out of the way. <laughs> crazy. That being said, so much of this hobby for some people or passion for a lot of people is based around being excited about playing guitar. And a part of being excited about playing guitar is being excited about the guitar or the amp or the pedals or the whole rig that you're playing. If you have your heart set on an American standard, or I guess, what are they now? The American Pro Strats, right? It's an expensive right. guitar, 1800 bucks or more, close to $2,000, expensive guitar. Yeah. Really nice guitar. And, you know, you're, you're working hard, you know, you're working paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot of money to spend on a guitar. But if that's your thing and that's what you want, yeah, there are other options. You could go Squire. You could build a parts caster. You could, you know, get something used or whatever but if what you really want is the fender save up and get the fender if it takes you another three months four months whatever in the grand scheme of things you won't remember the time that passed you won't remember the extra time you spent saving when it's a year down the road or two years down the road and you're playing your dream guitar or you have your dream amp. You're not going to be thinking about like, man, I'm really bummed that I spent an extra three months saving to get this guitar when I could have had a Squire three months earlier. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, Chivalry, Mario in the chat said he called it filler gear. Right. And I, I think that's a perfect term because I remember the first time it really dawned on me, and this was years ago. I was at a guitar shop and a guy was looking at a, like a Washburn semi-hollow guitar. It was a fine guitar. It looked like a 335. And he said, hey, man, this is like like a 335. And I'm like, eh, it isn't, it isn't. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, 
are you going to get that guitar and still want a 335? And he's like, well, yeah, probably. And I'm like, then don't buy that guitar. Just like save that $500, put it in a jar and play the guitars you have and just keep working and saving because you're right. The, you won't, uh, you won't remember that time, the time that you're working and saving. It's going to make the moment you open the case of the thing you finally work so hard to get so sweet and gratifying. And it's going to feel like that every time. Like every time I open the case for that Les Paul, my R9, I'm like, damn, I love this guitar. You know, regardless of whatever I have going on with Gibson, you know, whatever grumpy <laughs> thought I have, that guitar is still astonishes me and I'm so proud and grateful that I was able to get it and I I'm I'm proud that I worked so hard to save that money and and buy that thing. Right. And and the other thing we should point out here too like there's not there there's no threshold in terms of price. If if a $500 guitar for you is the thing and that takes that takes hard work and and discipline to save that $500 and go and buy that $500 guitar then that is absolutely as valuable and 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 falls into what we're talking about as much as a $5,000 guitar yeah. or a $50,000 vintage whatever right my my version of that is this right this is my you know my my baby essentially um i talk about this all the time so people that watch the channel or whatever bear with me but this i bought this guitar three and a half years ago this guitar was four thousand dollars this is the most money other than a car i've ever spent on anything in my life i i bought it before i had a youtube channel before i was i was a full-time working touring guitar player not earning that much money and I found this guitar and fell in love with it and could not afford it, but I knew that I wanted it. I knew that I had to have it, and I kept trying to talk. I was doing this thing, just talking myself out of it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good, but you know it's not that good. And I could I could spend fifteen hundred dollars and and get you know maybe like a a used gold top that has P nineties, or I could get a you know a a, a cheaper whatever that's got P nineties. It'll do the same thing. I can get a. Mexican jazz master. It'll do the same thing. It'll do the same thing. But I kept going back to the store and playing this guitar and it, it like would not leave me alone. And finally it was my wife, Tilly, that told me, you need to buy that guitar. You need to do whatever's necessary to buy that guitar. So I sold some stuff. I sold a bunch of stuff, two guitars, a bunch of pedals, um, maxed out a credit card. <laughs> And completely blew out my savings and walked into the store. This was 2017. This was right before. I literally, like, I bought the guitar, then drove to Nashville, and we went to South by Southwest. The first gig I ever played on this was South by Southwest 2017. Um, and I will never forget the feeling of walking out of Righteous Guitars, having given them, like, literally every cent to my name. I mean, I was broke <laughs> after that. And I walked out of Righteous with this guitar in the case and like driving home, I just kept like looking in the back seat yeah. at it. And then I got it home and like put it on the stand and just stared at it and was like, I cannot believe I have this guitar. And now even to this day, like every time I play it, it brings me joy. It makes me happy. I love the sound. And, and I've built a ton of memories with it because it's been my number one guitar for the last three and a half years. And... You know, I'm glad I took the extra steps to get this, you know? Right. Yeah, it's it's not every day when you find something that is, like, the one. But when you do, you know, like, in your gut, like you said, you can't, it's, it's inescapable. It sticks in your head, and it's more than just, like, like, I gotta have it. It's It's not just, like, a... It's a different kind of desire than than just like wanting something for the sake of having it. It's like you feel a connection to instruments, especially, yep. you know, really nice guitars. There's something that happens the moment it sits in your lap and you strum it. Not all guitars connect with everybody the same, but when one connects with you, it's it's like 
the, the planets align or something. You just kind of have to take that nosedive. But I, I was wanting to say one one thing that I always tell people whenever they ask about stuff is don't go in absolute debt over gear. <laughs> take your time. I know things come and go, and sometimes you have to hit when a deal happens, but if you can help it, don't, you know, don't not eat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, or, you know, if you're, if you are married, don't, don't do something that is, don't do something that's going to take something from your spouse. Yes. To, to scratch that itch that you have for, for the other guitar. And, and man, with the, with that side of this stuff too, I, I get real irked with people when, when I, I see this all the time in like comment sections, uh, comments on videos and stuff. Like I always buy the, the same color guitar so that the old <laughs> battle axe, the old wife doesn't notice. She doesn't ask any questions. It's like, really? Like, I feel, I feel like if you have a, if you're communicating well in your relationship and that person cares about you and you care about them, then they should be supportive of you like following your passion or exploring your hobby. And if that means buying a, you know, you have a couple guitars and buying another guitar that does something different, then that's cool. Or maybe if that person is like not into it, maybe that's because you kind of have enough for the time being. Right. Maybe you don't need a seventh Les Paul <laughs> or something like that, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and judge and try and 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 uh, prescribe something for every person's situation because no one can do that. But yeah, I, I that whole thing kind of bothers me that that idea of like, oh, don't tell the wife. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that it's <laughs> that that's very true, and that's something that I think get above all be responsible. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You don't want to jeopardize right. a relationship or or whatever. And I, I've I've been, I mean, Morgan might be outside the door. She might hear me. Um, been guilty of not being uh, upfront about some of the things that I've I've got because my Novo, uh, they forever were like, "Let's build your guitar. Let's do it. Let's do it." And I was like, "I don't know. Maybe one day." And then I was just I got a wild hair and was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And she didn't really know about it mm. until we were driving to the Novo party at Summer Nam a few years ago. I remember this. <laughs> and I was like, so <laughs> I have to tell you something. She's like, oh my God, what? The guys at Novo are building me a guitar. And she was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, when, when, when are they going to get it started? I'm like, oh, it, um, it's almost done. She's like, wait, how long have you known about it? <laughs> <laughs> like I know. I get really nervous, but at the same time she's great and uh and understands my obsession. But at the same time above all things, now that now that we have a kid, it's like I don't yeah. need another guitar necessarily. I need to like put money in a savings account for him. Uh but yeah. We're doing fine. We're he's No, I fine. get it. <laughs> I get it, but it's it's also this thing of like, man, this this is not I think there's um when people talk about something being a hobby. Guitar is a hobby for I think most people out there. Oh yeah. And I think the term hobby can be sort of reductionist. It, people can see that as like, oh, it's just something you like screw around with on the weekends and you're not serious about and whatever. It's like, no. A hobby can be someone's life passion, but it's a hobby because they don't they don't earn money from it. They that's what they choose to put their money into. I think having a hobby is a, an incredible thing. It's incredibly beneficial to one's mental health and in some cases, physical health and things like that. And, and being able to play guitar and have some, this is a pursuit that you will have. If you're serious about guitar and you stick with it, you will do this for the rest of your life until you can no longer physically pick up the guitar and play it. This is something you will do for the rest of your life. And I think that's really, really valuable. And I think investing in, nice gear and stuff that's going to make you excited to play and something that has a story behind it and something that will be passed down to your your kids. I mean, this guitar will stay in my family 
hopefully forever, or I will come back from the grave and haunt whoever, <laughs> you know, whatever um, descendant of mine decides to hawk this at, you know, whatever Carter Vintage guitar is in a hundred years. <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a lot of value. These become family heirlooms. These become things that your, your future kids or grandkids or relatives remember you by. And, and, you know, I, I, there's a lot more to it than just wood and strings and, oh, how much did you spend on that guitar? And, oh, no guitar is worth this much money. That's the other thing I always get annoyed at right. in the comments is like, anyone that spends more than $600 on a guitar is a fool. Like, <laughs> dude, no. <laughs> no, sorry, no. Absolutely. Um, Man, the, yeah. the whole having a hobby, I think, is so important. And I, I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with. They have, I mean, fortunately for, I'd, I'd say most people watching or listening, um, they have that hobby. But for a lot of people, I, I think, because when I say hobby, uh, I feel like it's something that you do personally for you that doesn't require mm -hmm. anyone or anything else. Like being into sports is great, but you can't watch sports if there's no sports going on. You know, like, right. like being in, to movies and stuff is really cool but like what can you do for you that you can sit in quiet be mindful be in the moment and just enjoy yourself is that painting is it writing is it reading you know like guitar for me is that and i think a lot of people need to find that whatever it is um to really it, it gives your life a little bit more focus in in, in an odd way by having that sort of distraction that, that just lends positivity uh, to your your person. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's an inf interesting philosophical discussion here about the difference between escapism and something whatever the opposite of escapism is. I'm not smart enough. We should get Adam Neely on here <laughs> to talk about that. Uh, yeah, to me, I I agree. I see things like sports. I see things like movies and television and and things like that as escapist. Um, the need to sort of kind of set your own reality aside and, and experience someone else's reality for a while, which I don't necessarily think is always a bad thing, but I don't think pursuing something like guitar music, um, is an escapist thing because it is adding value. You are, you are pursuing something. It's engaging your physical self, your, your mental self, your spiritual self. It's something that is incredibly beneficial on more than one level. It's incredibly healthy. It's a way to express. It's a way to emote. It's a way to communicate and connect with other people. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, man. That's like, to me, that's why I get so annoyed with things like the gear page. Mm -hmm. Where, where people take this thing and it becomes a gatekeeping thing or an elitist thing or a, a thing to argue over and fight over and, and become, you know, people that are in the know and are not in the know and it becomes so tribalistic. It's like, man, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter yeah. if, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that That's a whole other episode there, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good discussion to have. It's like, you know, doing this for you. Because um, like I, we've said many times, it's called play because it's you should be playing. You should be having fun. I mean, like for you, it's it's more than that because you're this is your job, like way more yeah. than for me. I mean, like I play guitar and sometimes it's weird. Like I feel guilty sometimes when I come up here with prototypes and I play for a minute but I have to remind myself, oh, that's good. That means what I'm doing is working and right. like, it, it's, it, everything's falling into place. But, you know, for some people that do this as a living, it, it is a little different perspective. But like you said, I think the vast majority of guitar players are just doing this for fun because they love yeah. guitar or music or whatever. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I encourage everyone because I feel like humans... For whatever reason, I, f I feel like we have this innate need to be creative in some capacity. Mm. And yes. I just think um, 
this is this could be a whole like hour long podcast, but uh, I just think it's important. So buy the gear you want to well, get. I, I agree. <laughs> I I hear. I firmly believe that every human being is innately creative. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't like the term like creative. Oh, that person's a creative or that person. Oh, they're super creative. Like, no, every human being is creative. Even if you have the most, what we would think of as the most sort of boring nine to five uncreative job on a daily basis, humans are problem solving they're identifying patterns. They're they're creating a narrative. They're they're just in our basic human function on an everyday basis. You are creating, yeah. and that's part of being a I think a functional human being is being creative. And so I think it's important for most people to find some kind of outlet that is that is a creative outlet. And that doesn't have to that really doesn't even have to be a, a traditionally what we would consider a traditionally like a creative outlet like art or music or anything right. like that like you can find creativity in just about anything oh absolutely and and that's something that I, i've had a lot of discussions because like for those that don't know i have a degree in psychology and like my focus at school was more about development um and and i firmly believe that no one is born creative or talented we're just we're just born and like right. I, I feel like a lot of people use that as an excuse like oh i, I i'm just not good at music oh i'm i can't I can't draw. It's like the reason you're not good or you can't do something is because you don't know how to do it yet. Right. So just dive in and try because yeah. what's the worst that could happen? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There, there's so many things that I want to, I want to like, I'd love to learn how to paint. Yeah. Um, I've just always wanted to, to, to do that. And actually my wife is a incredibly talented illustrator and, and painter and, and drawer and everything. And I think when people use when they talk about themselves oh i'm not creative or oh i'm no good or whatever it's like well yeah you haven't had the experience yet but also that's probably coming from a place where at some point in your life someone that you looked up to told you that you're not that someone oh. told you that you're not creative someone told you that you're not you don't have what it takes to be a musician and that or or anything creative i'm just using musician to be um you know Maybe I'm projecting, <laughs> but that is bullshit. It oh. just is. It, D- you can be whatever you want to be. You can you can be creative. You can be artistic. You can be um, any of those things. Yeah. Did did I ever tell you? I'm, I'm sure I haven't, because you know. I don't know if everyone watching knows, but my left hand. So you can take your right arm, turn it over like that. My left arm only turns halfway over. So playing guitar, I have double jointed elbows, luckily, so I can like tuck my elbow in and play. Um, I look like a moron without a guitar in my lap. But in middle school, I tried to take like a guitar class. And so I was, you know, what? I don't know, 12 or something. Because I broke my wrist when I was seven or eight. It's pretty young. And the teacher in this class said, oh, you can't play guitar. So um, we tried to do left-handed. And I, I, I can't strum because I can't, I can't position my arm and my wrist in the right position to hold a pick and strum a guitar. And so I couldn't play left-handed. And he just said, yeah, there's no way you'll be able to play guitar. And I was like, you know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> and so I Yeah, and you know what, man? In, in like playing with you and making videos and stuff with you, you genuinely are an incredible guitar player. You have wow. a great feel. You've got great touch. You've got great tone. Thank you. You have, you are a phenomenal guitar player. So yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like that's you, yeah. Overcoming a physical, um, I don't want to use the term disability, but a physical impediment that would traditionally impede you from just handling this instrument. Like yeah. you well, did it. Well, it's one of those things. And I, I like, I feel fortunate because I have the mental fortitude to come over, like to overcome that sort of negativity, but a lot of people don't. And, and, you know, you just have to remind yourself, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with failing, you know, like if I, if I couldn't have played guitar, I, 
I would have done something else, but luckily I stuck with it and figured it out. So yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So all that to say, buy the gear you want, man. <laughs> That's right. Dr- that buy- Dream yeah. big. You know, seriously. It, there's there's nothing wrong with dreaming and and reaching for the stars. Not now. That's not to say like everybody's not going to be able to afford a, a 59 Les Paul or a 62 Strat. No, but if you're like, you know what, I really want that reissue so and so, or I really want to get that custom shop thing or another, just work and work and save and save. Enjoy what you have for the time being and get better at your instrument. And then when you get it, you're just going to be so happy. Yeah, 100%. Well, this has been cathartic. Yeah, this was good. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the chat's been great today, you guys. Um, Really, really good. This reminds me of You Can Be President by Theo Katzman. Boy, what, what a talented guy i i uh, really i want to get in touch with him he uh i love theo katzman I, i've i've i got connected to him through joey uh yeah. and funny story so he wanted to try the joey mjolnir yep and so i sent him one and he immediately plugged 18 volts into it and fried it <laughs> And I was so disappointed cool, because, man. <laughs> because he was getting ready to go do a video with Mason and make a yeah. pedal board. And he's like, Zach, I am so sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> I I sent him another one. And then he sent the fried one back. But uh but yeah, what a sweet guy. He's so nice. Yeah, I'll uh I'm sure Joey or I can connect you with him. That's hysterical. Yeah, it's funny. It happens. Whoops. Like, yeah. yeah, it happens. It's fine. You, you see that magic puff of smoke come out, and you're like, "Well, <laughs> that that let was the smoke dead. out." Yeah, yep. you let let yep. the tone out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, everyone. Well, thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you haven't done so, you know, be sure to subscribe. We hit two thousand subscribers finally. We did. So yeah. Thank you for that. I, we shamed them into clicking the button. <laughs> yeah. Now let's shame another thousand people because again, we know there's more of you watching that are, that aren't subscribing. I'm not above shaming people for that. I'm fine with it. And we we'll, gotta we gotta fight the algorithm, man. That's it. Freaking YouTube. We and could. Google. Uh, people are commenting about us becoming the American that pedal show, and that what a compliment. That hey, I that that is very very kind of you to say. <laughs> we should have Dan and Mick on, and yeah. we'll uh, <laughs> our, our worlds will just collide. <laughs> Total protonic <laughs> reversal. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um anything to plug i'm not sure oh next uh backstage live show is november 21st saturday 5 p.m eastern time gonna be here like that yeah boy i i'm excited but i'm also stressed out about it oh i bet yeah i don't yeah. i don't think i have anything going on uh uh the, the poor wildwood guitars uh the the wildwood mjolnir um i've been getting so many emails about it from keith at five watt world and then rj posted a video with it and so yep. uh i've been inundated so i've been getting a lot of emails and questions about that thing so if you are curious and were wanting to ask me uh i'm making more just uh just be patient cool so it. i'll make a video too and and we'll just oh my god please don't we'll blow up <laughs> don't mythos <laughs> <laughs> oh all right everyone this has been great we'll see y'all next week thanks for watching thanks for listening leave us a good review leave us a good comment you guys are awesome Bye-bye. bye bye